Hello and welcome to episode 121 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B Thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill, and on today's show, we're going to be talking about what Poland is doing to try to save free speech. And it's interesting because we're a week into the Joe Biden presidency. And he has signed more executive orders than any president in the history of the United States. So Joe has been busy. He is doing some things that are already pissing off some of his voters, and that's always good. I mean, Joe looked everybody right in the eye and said he wasn't going to ban fracking. And it looks like he's going that route. Joe told us throughout the whole campaign that Donald Trump was a moron who wasn't handling this COVID thing correctly. People were dying. And once he got in there, we would all be saved. Joe had a plan. He had a plan. He had a plan. Turns out Joe doesn't have a plan. Not a single plan. Not a single idea. Even though the whole campaign, Joe kept telling us he would fix the pandemic. Joe, he was going to do it on his, just on his back. He was going to throw us all on his back. and save everybody. It turns out Joe has no ideas. And that's disappointing. And it should be disappointing for the people that voted for him, but I'm not hearing that yet because Joe was very clear about that. And I understand a lot of people didn't like Donald Trump. And I heard from a lot of people that didn't like Donald Trump when he was first elected including guys like Glenn Beck that He actually did what he said he was going to do when he campaigned. I know that is such a radical idea in this day and age. But President Biden is doing not what he promised to do. Instead, all of a sudden, things are changing at a rapid pace. And a lot of people are seemingly going to be losing jobs over stopping the pipeline. And Joe is giving this this whole promise thing that, well, you know, all this, this Green New Deal, it's going to bring a lot of new jobs. And maybe he's right. It doesn't appear so as of yet, but we're going to have to wait and see on some of this stuff. But Joe, you obviously lied to everybody when you said you had a plan when it came to fixing the coronavirus. That's kind of bad. That is not a good way to come out of the gate. And he's back now to slurring a lot. And I worry for President Biden's health and who's actually pulling the strings, whose ideas these are. I mean, Susan Rice is is taking point. So I don't think there's a question that there is a big Obama influence, which some people are cheering about. But we have to look at what's going on in the United States on a bunch of different levels. What the president can do is going to take some time for all of this stuff to shake out. These executive orders don't go into effect immediately. There's already people upset about one of the executive orders, basically removing gender from everything, which is going to make a lot of women less safe in America, because once you don't acknowledge the difference between male and female and that everything is just the same well we're right back to the who can go into what bathroom and into what you know health club and all these kind of things 
So it seems Joe is uh, causing a lot of new problems that people will eventually realize what's going on because it's going to start affecting their daily lives. And they're going to go, hey, where did this new insanity come from? Because I know everybody's going to be surprised about this. I mean, you're not because you're listening to this show and you've heard us rally and rail or whatever you want to call it about the fact that the mainstream media doesn't report the real news. But I think a lot of people are eventually going to wake up to the fact that the crazy things that are going to start happening are going to be because of what came off of President Biden's pen and what the Democrat run Senate and Democrat run House are doing. I mean, they're still trying to impeach Donald Trump, even though there's a lot of questions whether that's even constitutional and it will go to the Supreme Court. Justice Roberts already said he is having nothing to do with this impeachment. So you're already seeing the road sign. So this is nothing but the Democrats wasting time, which it's their own time, but they're wasting money and it's your money, your taxpayers' money going into the system to go through with a impeachment of a president that is already out of office. And the Democrats obviously not following along with President Biden's call for unity in his inaugural speech. Whether Joe really wants unity, I don't know. We're still giving him some time. We're going to see what happens. A lot of these uh, presidential orders that he put out there kind of questionable. And I will have to say once again, I know we've mentioned this before, that Donald Trump was the ultimate troll when it came to getting under people's skin. And I appreciate that. He has now gone to Florida, you know, and it's a nice place to be right about now, I guess. And he has now opened up his office, which is now the office of the former president. You know, much like Joe had the office of the president-elect, those both those those two offices, the office of the president-elect and the office of the former president, both have the exact same powers, it turns out. So it's funny. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, if you're listening, President Trump, we appreciate that. But the real story comes to social media once again, because of the fact that it's being treated now as something that is more along the lines of the telephone network that people have a right to be on. I mean, we've already heard from the left that it's a right for everybody to have Internet access. So, again, that also pushes the concept that the Internet should be treated more as a public utility than anything else. So then how do you treat something like Facebook or Twitter or any of those sites? Twitter, I mean, it's no surprise, is at the forefront once again with a new feature that they are bringing out, which is called Birdwatch. As somebody over on the forums at uh, Breitbart pointed out, that's basically stool pigeon, which is okay. I mean, I get it. This is a concept that I'm not even sure if the people that work for Twitter, what they're really trying to accomplish with this, because these terms are being thrown around a lot when it comes to ooh misinformation or disinformation. And according to Twitter, 
this new feature, Birdwatch, quote, allows people to identify information in tweets they believe is misleading and write notes that provide informative context. So basically, if you see something on Twitter and you think it's misleading in any way, shape or form, which I'm guessing like 95% of the tweets are, they can write something to help provide context, which this is going to be the death of comedy. There's no question about it. Context is, I mean, hard when it comes to social media, how people mean something, things being said sarcastically. If you're going to start basing everything on the reality of the exact words being put out there, one, comedy is dead, and two, the freedom of speech is absolutely dead. Twitter goes on, though, saying, we believe this approach has the potential to respond quickly when misleading information spreads, adding context that people trust and find valuable. (laughs) Yeah, sure, Twitter. I mean, we saw what you did to President Trump. The things that are added to these tweets, these little notes, like, Oh, this is all a lie. They're talking about a presidential election. Oh, my God. They're questioning climate climate change. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm not seeing that's going to be very helpful. But Twitter says, quote, eventually, we aim to make notes visible directly on tweets for the global Twitter audience when there is a consensus from a broad and diverse set of contributors. I don't believe them. I don't believe Twitter that they are going to give the power deciding what is real, what is misinformation, what is disinformation. I don't believe they're going to give that power to a diverse set of contributors. Don't believe that for a minute. I don't believe there's going to be anybody conservative. Don't believe there's going to be anybody that's not a massive social justice warrior. And when this, again, is the public square, this becomes a governmental problem. So, President Biden, here you go. Here's some more things to put onto your plate. Because the concept that you can have a massive audience fact-checking tweets is asinine. As I said, it kills comedy. You can't say anything totally the opposite of something that's true for comedic effect anymore because it's just going to then get a little Twitter box on top of it like, oh, what is being said here has been proven to be disinformation. It's like, well, yeah, it's comedy. It's comedy. And people should be allowed to say whatever the hell they want, but somehow the United States and the Democrat Party especially has lost their way. Because they no longer believe in the freedom of speech. It seems a massive amount of people on the left believe it's okay to start censoring speech, to silence people, including then President Donald Trump. And that kind of behavior is quite dangerous. The same thing is happening worldwide. There's no question about that. And it's Poland that is standing up at this point and 
asking the United States to join them in regulating big tech as Poland is preparing new laws to do the same. Now, a majority of this is coming from a Polish lawmaker named Sebastian Kaleta. And Sebastian is the Secretary of State in the Ministry of Justice, and he's a member of the right-wing Solidarna Polska, which is the United Poland Party. He said he believes it is disturbing that Christian and patriotic content is increasingly being banned as hate speech by a lot of these big tech firms, a lot of these social media companies, and that he doesn't believe that the public discourse should be controlled by what he called anonymous moderators. And that's what we're getting right now on sites like Twitter or Facebook. The anonymous moderator who just decides, hey, your content, we don't want it. We're deleting your content. We're putting you in a timeout for a day, a week, whatever it is. I mean, Donald Trump, I think, is still on a timeout from all of these social media companies. So it could obviously happen to you and me if we say something they don't like. Mr. Coletta explained that while other European countries, such as France and Germany, are regulating the way that big tech can act and forcing them to delete some content. I mean, we know there's some content that you still can't have in areas like Germany that relate to the Nazi party. So there's certain things where it's like, no, you can't have it. You must delete. And that is the roadmap that France and Germany are taking. Mr. Coletta says Poland's approaching this in the opposite direction. The legislation now being proposed in Poland prevents legal content from being censored. And I think this is genius. This is the answer on how do you fix social media? The minister told Glenn Beck, quote, many publishers, many politicians right now are interested in our concept because we saw the freedom of speech is in danger and we want to protect it. I mean, yeah, we saw what happened to Donald Trump and a bunch of conservatives here in the United States being removed from these platforms. And Mr. Coletta said the same thing I did a moment ago, which is you can compare the Internet now to things like the phone company, because he said, well, you now you wouldn't believe that people should be banned from using their telephones for saying, you know, the wrong opinions while using them, would you? I mean, some people on the left are like, hell yeah, we would. But if you believe in the freedom of speech, you understand how these private companies like Twitter and Facebook are being used for public communication. And Mr. Coletta says, quote, there are many dangers in big tech companies which we should face. Monopolies from which every citizen must be protected. The rights of every one of us should be protected to preserve democracy itself. He elaborated on these points in an article that was in Newsweek, recalling how, quote, Poland suffered under Soviet imposed communism for 45 years and endured decades of censorship under that regime. So he says the people in Poland are, quote, particularly sensitive to any attempts 
to curtail freedom of speech. We do not seek the power to remove any content from social media, he said. Rather, we simply want to ensure that lawful content is not removed. Now, this is an interesting thing because Poland has elected a board of, I think it was like six people, to be the arbiters when it comes to this. And now, if you're in Poland and you post something to Twitter and it is legal speech in the country of Poland and you are banned, shadow banned, that content is removed. Well, you take this now to the government of Poland. It goes to this little group of people who will be the arbiters. And if they decide, well, yes, this is, in fact, legal speech in Poland, they will go back to the social media and say, uh, you put that back up. And if you don't comply with us, you will be fined. And I think the fine was like equivalent to $13 million in American money. So this is not a, uh, a law that would be without teeth. The question, of course, will be in countries that decide to go with legislation like this, will companies like Twitter continue to do business in those areas? And maybe they won't, but if they do decide to leave, then there'll, of course, be a vacuum there, which would allow other companies then to rise up and take that market share away. We know Twitter is only a viable company if they have the eyeballs, Facebook the same way. And I think that this concept is one that should be considered worldwide, which is if it is legal speech where the person is, then it should be legal to post on social media where that person is without fear of your opinion getting you into trouble, without fear of your social media accounts being locked, without fear of your posts being deleted. And it's going to lead to a very interesting concept because we've talked about VPNs in the past. So if this law gets passed in Poland and not here in the United States, I'm going to be running all of my social media traffic through a Polish VPN. So as far as Twitter would know or Facebook or whoever, it'll look like I'm in Poland and they better be damn careful about what kind of content they delete, what kind of content that they go after, because if it's legal in Poland, then they may be facing the wrath of a government because we know as individual people, there's nothing we can do to Twitter. I mean, Donald Trump, the leader of the free world at the time he was banned on Twitter, couldn't do anything. And that should also scare everybody that is using the Internet, everybody that's using these platforms to realize just how much power, unchecked power, that these big tech companies have, that these social media companies have, when you realize how they change the news, how they decide what you hear. And if you don't believe that big tech swayed this last election in the United States, you're really not following along. But it's good that Poland is watching because Mr. Coletta wrote in Poland, we have watched with alarm as a consortium of ever-powerful monopolistic big tech companies have done what was once unthinkable, deplatforming a sitting U.S. 
president. Sadly, for years, we have all been told that private companies are entitled to act as they please. If you don't like our social network, just build your own, goes the well-worn quip. But the rapid exclusion of Parler has finished off this argument once and for all. With Amazon refusing to host Parler and Apple and Google removing the app from their tech stores, big tech killed the competition before it could even meaningfully take off. And he's right. Absolutely right. And this is where the problem comes from, because it's not just, well, start your own. It is a domino effect where app stores will not allow it. And most people do consume the Internet from a mobile device. A vast majority of people are not using desktop computers or laptop computers anymore. A vast majority are using mobile devices. And that ties a vast majority of people into the Apple iTunes app store, whatever they're calling it. And the Google has their Play Store. I mean, granted, you can get a third party Play Store on your Android device, but you still have to install that via the original Play Store. So how long will that? be allowed to stand. These big tech companies have way more control over the information that you and I can consume than most people realize. And as thus, the concept of free speech is dying. And I know I've said it before, but I will never understand why shutting somebody up is the answer. Because really, if somebody is saying something that is so stupid and so crazy, then you just go, well, no, they're wrong, and here's why. You don't need to take their platform away. If you're taking their platform away, if you think they're that dangerous, then I'm thinking there's something to what they are saying. So when somebody says, well, you know, the results of this election mathematically seem to be really, really unlikely, or, you know, global warming, if we look at the statistics, we see and you have to shut them down then I'm giving a little bit more credence to what they're saying, because information should not be dangerous. Information should be protected. And if you believe somebody's wrong, then you make the opposite case. But you don't shut one side up. And that's what you had with Amazon totally just pulling the plug on Parler. You didn't even give a competing site the ability to do business as mr coletta said quote guaranteeing citizens recourse against big tech arbitrariness is a first step in the direction of orienting the internet towards the public good and that the arbitrary exclusion of voices and even companies from the internet makes it clearer than ever that social media companies are not just platforms but publishers, and not merely publishers either, but monopoly gatekeepers for the rapid transmission of information to the public at large. He continued, 2,000 years ago, the Roman comedian Juvenal asked, who will watch the watchers? In the case of big tech, I believe that the answer lies with the people. This is why Poland is standing up. This is why they're going to have a free speech board. And any of these social media companies that do not comply with what 
the free speech board says could be fined, as I said earlier, $13.4 million in American money, about 9.8 million British and 50 million Zloty, which I guess is Polish currency for those offenses. According to a Breitbart article, the Hungarian government has vowed to take similar action against the shadow banning of Christian, conservative, and right-wing voices online. So, there is some good things going on. There are people standing up. And the United States, which used to be at the forefront of fighting for freedom, is uh, taking a back seat right now to Poland. So, to all those in Poland, we appreciate what your government is doing standing up so that voices can be heard and not silenced. And that's one of the reasons why the Random Thoughts podcast works on the value for value model that we learned from John C. Dvorak and Adam Curry over at the No Agenda podcast, which is we put the product out there. You can download it, listen to it, do whatever you want. And if you got any value from the product, it's up to you to decide how much and send that value back in our way in whichever way you want to do so. You can find some information on that at randomthoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com. You can click the donate button to do a one-time donation or start a monthly donation with PayPal. You can use the QR code or the Bitcoin address if you want to do the Bitcoin thing. And there's even a P.O. box if you want to send us something directly via the United States Post Office snail mail. You can set it up with your bank as an online bill pay kind of thing. That way you don't even have to pay for a stamp. You don't have to pay for an envelope. Your bank takes care of it and nobody takes a percentage on whatever value you want to send back to us. We do have an executive producer on today's show, and that is Robert Klein, who sent in 20 bucks via PayPal, no notes or anything with that. So thank you, Robert. We appreciate your support of the Random Thoughts podcast. As the world gets crazier, all of your support in any form it may take is very much appreciated, whether that is monetarily taking part in the value for value model, comments, questions, criticisms sent along in the email or the No Agenda Social or Twitter, wherever you're reaching out to us, and just taking the time to listen to our podcast. We know there's a lot of shows out there. There's a lot of things you could be doing right now, and you're listening to us, and we do really appreciate that. With that said, we'll be back next week for another hopefully fun-filled episode of the Random Thoughts Podcast. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.